Chat with Sweetie starts in 3, 2, 1. And now, welcome to the world premiere. No, no, no. We actually don't have the theme song because Sergio didn't deliver on his promise that he was going to deliver for the last episode. And now we're sitting here again. Yet again. It's coming. Yet again. There's a big demand for podcast jingles right now. Who's, Fiverr. Who? Why, why who is there so many people doing podcasts? Who is getting jingles? Yeah. There's a lot of podcasts being made right now. Everyone's stuck at home like yeah, we are. That's true. If it wasn't for the pandemic, do you think we'd have Chats with Sweetie right now? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Exactly. Not, it's coming. Uh, the delivery day should be today. I'm watching you, Sergio. It's coming from Argentina by a, a great guy. Uh, he's got the vision. He's got, he's got your voice audio. He's got the jingle. And it's I, coming. Uh, it's, I gave him the, the premise of sexy jazz. <laughs> sexy jazz. Yeah. Wow. All right. Well, good luck to everybody. You'll Thank you, see. Sergio. Thank By, you. If it is not included in this episode, it will for sure be a button on this board come next week, and you guys will hear it for the first time live. So you guys, you guys are hearing what Sergio's promising. That's a big By promise, By next week, Sergio. 100%. Okay. Wow. Wow. I will put putting, my life on the line. He's putting his life on the line. You heard it all. You heard it here first. <laughs> Chats with Sweetie, available in iTunes, Spotify, Facebook, Instagram, pretty much everywhere. Google Cast. I mean, just think about it. Sweetie, good to have you. How are you? I'm good, sweetie. How are you? <laughs> I'm good. Thank you. Let's get this party on the road and uh, last week we went to texas and a lot of things have changed since we went to texas last week uh how was our trip why why did we go to texas how was it did you have fun what did you do and uh when we left what happened afterwards well i think most people should know what's going on in texas right now it's a clusterfuck to say the least. Um, so we went to Austin last week to basically pick all the finishes of the house. We, we were due. I, I was due because I was not able to go with Alejandro the previous week cause we were moving. So we went out there for two days to get everything done for the house, pick all the cabinets, the flooring, the lighting, the paint, you name it. And, um, we were doing all of this in San Antonio and then we were going to go to the house to look at the house because neither one of us had been in over a week. So when we were departing LAX, we checked the weather and there was a, a snowstorm warning already. So we we were like, eh, it won't be that bad. We, we had our puffers. And then when we landed, it was freezing, like rigid, which now in hindsight, that was warm compared to the weather right now. And so we went to get our rental car and it was just insanity in the rental place. Like there was so many people. Um, we waited in line for like 45 minutes. We were able, thankfully, to upgrade to uh, an SUV and we went to the hotel. Everything was good. We spent the whole day in San Antonio. We got everything done impressively. And we even picked our courts. Yeah. Which was stressful. Cause it's a big decision. Um, and then we, we went back to Austin and it was getting cold. It wasn't raining, but it was like getting cold, like progressively getting colder. And they were expecting a storm. I believe it was Monday. And by the time we got home Saturday night from dinner, it was bone cold Friday night, Fr excuse me. Yeah. Friday night, bone cold. And so Saturday we were supposed to go to the house at 9am to meet AT&T and our realtor actually, who was going to meet us also, sent me a text while Alejandra was in the shower and was like, do not get on the road. There's ice everywhere. And she said that she had actually already like, um, like her car had spun, spun and she was like, don't get on the road, whatever, whatever. So I told Alejandra, okay, let's just like wait it out. Cause our flight was at three 45. So we kind of had all day and afternoon. And finally around 10 AM, we were like, well, let's just try. So what usually is a 30 minute drive took, Two hours, would you say? Easy. Easy. I mean, Alejandro was driving about 30 miles per hour. And it, I mean, you tell us, you drove. Was it scary driving? No, it, uh, I think it's just stressing. Uh, it's just a little stressful because of the other people that don't know what they're doing. Right? Yeah. Right. So we saw accidents and whatnot, and you just don't want to be in the middle of someone else spinning. <laughs> I mean, you saw that woman. She was like... What is that called? Uh, she fell like a ravine uh, with her car. She was down there uh, to the side. Yeah. yeah. And when you got out of the car, you, it literally looked like he was ice skating. Yeah. I mean, he was everything. All of the street was so slippery. There, there, what was the highway? No, the highway. Yeah. I almost fell in the middle of the highway. And, uh, but that's why we got the Escalade. We needed something that could be heavy and all wheel drive so we can get there. And we made it. Yeah. Well, barely. 
because the street that goes to our, our house, we were literally a mile out and there was an accident. Um, and so we kind of waited it out to see if maybe like we, we knew nobody was injured. Um, but where it was, what did the guy say? If, if the opposite direction couldn't see because it was on a hill. No, the guy got into the accident right in the middle of an up upside, like, uh, uh, in a downhill, that's a turn. So people coming from either side couldn't see the other side. Yeah. So we ended up going to just to, to eat something. We were able to go back, get into the house. It was so cold. <laughs> Andre almost died multiple times trying to open the front door. And then, um, but they, there was a lot of remodel that was done. So the, what is the ceiling thing called? I don't, I, I don't know what the drop downs are called, but those got removed. Yeah. So the ceiling is now the highest it's ever been. Yeah. Um, I forget what it's called, but they removed that extra, basically like it's not drywall, but it's like, yeah, it's drywall. It is. Okay. So they removed that. The floors were all ripped out. Um, the shower was ripped out. The, what else was done? The media room, they had already, um, were the doors there? Yeah, they do. One of the doors, one was of the there. doors was there. Um, so that was exciting to see the house. Um, and it was crazy. Alejandro walked in the backyard. I sent him the photo actually yesterday and it's just frozen. What's weird is that the pool didn't freeze. Yeah. Maybe it's frozen right now. Yeah, for sure. Right now. Um, so then we decided to go to the airport early cause we were like nervous about driving. We, we, I actually thought the rental place was going to be a nightmare because so many people rented cars to return it. Yeah, me too. Surprisingly it was empty. It, it was, we were in and out. And then we just waited. We, we, I didn't even say this, but I was so scared our flight was going to get canceled because it was progressively getting colder. And then it was starting to rain. It was raining actually by the time we got to the airport. So luckily we made it back to LA and then it started snowing Saturday night. And then Sunday it was just covered in snow. So basically what's happening in Texas right now is people are out of power, gas. I don't know if I already said this internet, um, it's, it's a state of emergency what's going on in Texas right now. And it's not just Austin, it's Houston, San Antonio, Dallas. Like it's bad. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't think they're used to those temperatures there. That's why nobody knows how to drive there. Cause I'm pretty sure people in Minnesota don't have the problem that people in Texas are having driving their cars. Right. No. Or like New York or like New York. Yeah. You know? Yeah. No, as we were leaving on Saturday, I remember just looking at the weather and it was, the storm was getting closer and closer to us. Yeah. It got really bad. And then right now there's like, like you said, everything is closed. Roads are closed. You can't go anywhere. There's no water. There's no food. There's people waiting seven lines to go to the grocery store. Seven hours. Se what did I say? Lines. Seven lines. Just there's probably, there's lines. probably seven lines too, honestly. <laughs> um, so I mean, it's really bad. Do you think it's going to happen now every year? Well, you said yes. You think it's going to happen every single year now. The fuck do I know? Well, I mean, you read a lot and you watch a lot of YouTube videos. <laughs> about cars. About science. <laughs> um, well, yeah, yesterday. So Monday. So basically Monday we had discussed like, okay, like when are we actually making the move? So I'm like, why don't you schedule, you know, we let's get start scheduling things early next week. And then like two hours later, I was like, um, maybe not because <laughs> it's. A, a war zone. And then Alejandro was like, we're getting the Tesla solar panels. Yeah. You, it's a bad situation either way, because it's so cold. You gotta under, you gotta probably think that it's going to get warmer in the middle of summer, right? Like warmer than it normally gets. So and you're it, saying you not saying, but you think they're going to, we're going to have a brutal summer. Yeah. And Wonderful. Yeah. But that also creates power outages. Of course, well, we, we've had power outages living in, in the valley. So we're going to get a power outage in the summer or a power outage in the winter. Yeah. So the decision is, do you want to get a generator or do you want to get the Tesla solar battery stuff? So you might as well invest a little bit more on the Tesla thing because it also helps you out with your electric bill. And in the long run, it's better for the value of the house, right? And for the environment. Right? Yeah, it's, yeah, yeah, it's all green energy. Yeah. So now that's good that we're adding that to the house now. That's right. Which is exciting because I think it's pretty dope. It's really exciting to spend more money. Thank you. Thank you very much. Global warming. I appreciate well, it. Like you just said, it does add value to the house. 
<laughs> so ultimately in the long haul, it's a win-win. Absolutely. Absolutely. But yeah, it's really, it's really scary. I mean, Rodrigo had a disaster happen on Monday morning. His, the unit above. So first of all, he's lived there for 10 days <laughs> and the unit above him, the pipe froze, we think. And the roof, well, you explain it. Because the, pi- the pipes bursted in between floors. So between two floors and it's not just above rod. It's all of the floor and all of the floor below. So all of the pipes froze and the water just started to come out because, you know, uh, once it freezes, it becomes heavier and the pressure is not being, um, it's not being let out. So everything just collapses and crashes. So <laughs> all of his apartment and pretty much all of the building flooded. A disaster. A disaster. And it's like, he's barely unpacked. So all of his shit now is basically ruined. And his, he he has a dog. He lives with his sister. His sister has a dog, like just, and there's no hotels. Thankfully they were able to get into a hotel, but oh my God. I mean, we really like dodged a bullet by coming back on Saturday. Yeah. And by hours we would have been stuck. We would have still been stuck there if we didn't. Of course, we would have still been there and it would have been not a good situation. So we um, like it's devastating what's going on with the millions of people that are out of power and uh, gas and everything. And I I can't stop thinking about all the animals. Yeah, I know. Poor little guys. So so that's basically our Texas update. We still don't know when we're actually making the move, because obviously this week is we're, we're just kind of like going literally with the flow because we're not going to go out there. If yeah, if there's no food, if there's no toilet paper, why, why are we, why are we going to go out there? Like, especially if there's no toilet, especially paper. if there's no toilet paper. And I don't even know if we can get out there with flights. Yeah, I guess we'll see. Good luck, everyone. <laughs> so last night we were watching TV together and you suggested that we should watch the Britney Spears documentary. Who recommended you it? Ryan and basically the entire internet. And uh, so what is this Britney Spears documentary and then explain the situation that's going on with Britney? So it's a show on Hulu and it's the New York Times presents, I think it was. And it's bit, well, okay. It's a documentary about Britney, but there's this whole movement going on about freeing Britney. And you're going to have to explain it better than me because I don't know all the lingo of like, the lawyer language, but basically for the past 12 years, Britney's been under a conservative conservatorship conservatorship. I don't I explain what that is. Cause I don't know how to explain what that is. Someone else, someone else has to act like your dad, whether it's for your person or for your business or for both. So basically people have been, there's this whole movement of freeing Britney because she's being controlled. Would you say that's correct? Or what did you take from it? No, no, no. But say, what's the documentary about? So and then we can go into what it's you about. Think. It's literally about freeing Britney and having her dad not be in control of her life and her finances and her decision making anymore. And so it was about an hour and a half documentary. And it's all about like the unfolding of Britney and how she got to where she is today, basically. And it's a pretty it's wild because we're her, like we're very close to her age. I think we all saw it unfold and the guys from South Park nailed it when they did it because they, they called it out in 2007, but no one listens to those guys. <laughs> they said, this is what's going on. This is what's going on with Britney. What, what is your take from it? It was super depressing. So she, uh, she was so young when it started. And what I didn't realize is her career wasn't even that long when, when shit started to go like really down. Like she had her first child at 24 years old. Like she was a child herself. So she basically, you know, the, the paparazzi and the way they invaded her life was absolute insanity. Like, and I actually saw something uh, last week, how they, they were saying, you know, people will never learn because kind of the same thing happened to Marilyn Monroe, Princess Diana and Anna Nicole Smith, where it was like this constant scrutiny spotlight, like intensity in these women's lives. And it, I mean, literally Britney lived it like so extreme. And basically after she had her second baby, that's when like everyone was saying that she wasn't, 
you know, capable of taking care of her, of her children or herself or making decisions. And that's when the conserv, how do you say it? Conservatorship. Conservatorship basically went into, into play. But the crazy thing is, is that she was making millions and millions and millions of dollars still. Like the paparazzi was saying like they could sell a photo for a million dollars. So after watching the documentary, let me ask you, what, what was your take on it? What was it right? Was it wrong? Whatever's going on with her? What's going on with her? What is your theory? Because I think that's what everyone's getting out of it, right? Everybody thinks that they understand what's going on with Britney and that they should free Britney. What's your take on it? Should I, they free Britney? I don't know, because she's definitely not well, you know? Like, I think it's really sad, her life. And, like, she really had no one really solid on her side. And she obviously was a very smart and talented and like, <laughs> and, um, understood what she was doing for a really long time. I mean, as they mentioned in the documentary, she was, she was the, kind of the only girl in a male pop industry that was going on with NSYNC and, um, Backstreet Boys and 98 degrees. Well, her and Christina, and Christina Aguilera. Aguilera. Totally. Um, but, um, I think, <sighs> Honestly, I don't really know because she is clearly unwell if you see her on Instagram and she's on, she's medicated for sure. So I think she should not be in control necessarily of her finances because I think it would just crumble. But I also think it's really sad if her dad is telling her like, perform here, perform there. Like you can go on tour here. You can go on tour there. So I don't know. What do you think? I, I personally think what, what we all did to Britney Spears, because it's all of our fault. It's not just the paparazzi. Well, I think everybody, we all did it by just keep chiming in into her life, making jokes about her. But specifically the people that are the most responsible, I want to say. Once, once social media came out, anyone with a social media account that attacked her is pretty responsible for her state of mind. That includes me. That includes, I want to say, everybody that I know. Um, the biggest problem, The biggest problem that this woman had was... She got famous in 1999 when she was 17 years old and it went from zero to a hundred, right? The next day she was super famous, incredibly well-known all around the world. There was not a spot in the world where she could go and hide. Yeah. None. And that was at the time when paparazzi and all the uh, magazine bullshit, Perez Hilton, uh, Sugar Pop Sugar, uh, TMZ, all of those guys started coming up because all they were doing is making sales of... Uh, her images not just her images but like of reporting of horrible things happening to people that you like because america loves building up their people and then they love seeing those people being destroyed they love to follow it and then they uh, and they also say america so they can feel better about themselves oh we love a good comeback story we like to see britney come back and then as soon as she's back and she's doing everything that she was because she had like a a, a comeback Everybody went after her again and like destroyed her again and made sure to do that. So everybody stepped on this woman's mental health to a point that I've never in my life paid attention to. Obviously, Anna Nicole Smith suffered through the same thing. What people don't understand is you, uh, you're going to be famous. Uh, you, you're rich. You, you can do anything. You can just, why don't you just hire a therapist? Why don't you just, there is no exiting that. There is no exiting the fact that everybody that knows you wants to bother you at all times. I can't even imagine what it's like being in the public eye, having all the paparazzi coming at you nonstop, 24-7, uh, breaking into your house. At, and then you have all the idiots that were asking her and all the, and, and this really showed how, how bad our society was at the time with all the guys asking her the questions like, So you got fake breasts. Remember that creepy guy asking her that yeah. on a TV show? It was so, it, And she's like, I don't want to talk about it. What about David Letterman going at it? Like, wh what about all these people that in front of everyone? And we were all like, ah, yeah, why is she not answering about her tits? Why is she not like, it's just a lack of education. Everything that happened to Britney to get her to the place where she is at right now is what we're doing to ourselves in social media amongst ourselves right now. So when I say that people look back and look at cigarettes and when people used to smoke in planes and go like, that's fucking crazy. Why would anyone do that? Like, how stupid were they? That's how we're going to be looking back at this right now. Just like we're looking back at Britney right now and going like, whoa, that was fucked up because we're still doing it to Miley Cyrus. Anytime yeah. Miley Cyrus comes out with anything, we try to fucking destroy that girl every single time with any piece of news, whatever it is. 
Uh, it's part of our society. We're a jealous culture because we're told that we, we, we're able to do everything. This is the American dream. And unfortunately, if you don't achieve it, then you start to be resentful and you start to fucking hate those that have done it. And then you start to feel better about yourself by saying, oh, at least Britney's a bad mom. Oh, at least Britney got fake tits. Oh, at least Britney. And then you start to make uh, yourself feel better that way doing this. So what we did to Britney is something that we're still doing with this free Britney thing. The reality is we shouldn't and nobody should be talking about her anymore. Yeah. It should be forbidden in the press and everywhere else to talk about this woman because no one can understand, especially if you've never had any sort of fame or attention or, or any sort of light like that shined on you. If you've never had that, you just don't relate to that. Just like you don't relate to a black person if you're just a white guy that says, but I fight for their rights. Shut the fuck up. You don't understand. You don't come from their background. You don't know shit. And it's fine to understand that. And understanding that will allow you to understand that you don't know shit and that this is a problem for someone else to deal with. Not you, not your opinion, not your voice, because you're not in that, in that place, because you've never been in that situation, because you don't understand where that person's mind has gone to. So we, the Britney thing is, it's a rare phenomenon because nobody understands why she's in a conservatorship, uh, in, in this conservator, conservatorship. It's a hard word. It's a hard word. Uh, and the reason why she's in it, to my to my understanding, and just after looking at it and after everything that she went through is, we have some friends, and I mentioned to you this last night, that are not functioning adults. They're functioning adults for five years. Yeah. And everything looks great and whatnot. And then something happens. And they snap. They snap and they lose their shit. And they're able to kill themselves, sell everything, I mean, if they're a guy, fuck a guy, like out of nowhere, like they're capable of anything that you would never in your life go like, yeah, my friend will do that. They'll do. And, and we had a recent case with one of our friends and I told you that. Yeah. I think that's what Britney's going through. Once you get to a certain space in your mind where you, where you start to question your own self and your place in this world and your place within yourself you become completely off balance. And that balance can go up, down, left, right, and out. And if you yourself can't find that balance again, it's going to be really hard for you to maintain sanity. It's, it's going to be very hard for you to maintain uh, control over your relationships. It's going to be really hard for you to understand why you're doing what you're doing. Because think about it like this. You get drunk and you'll say, uh, uh, you know, before you get drunk, you're like, I never get bothered by anything online. I never get bo bothered by my friends calling me this. I never get bothered by this. But once you're drunk, nothing happened. You didn't feel a change in your mind happen. It's just the chemistry in your brain changed. And now you're getting upset. That's what's happening to this person without her understanding that that's what's going on. So all of her ideas seem to be her ideas, but they're not. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. So when when people talk about like free Britney, let her be, she can't be. What Britney needs is for everyone to shut the fuck up and stop talking about her and minding her business and letting her be for her to perform, do whatever she wants to do for her to have someone take care of her finances. I understand that her daddy's like the guy that's in charge right now and she might not like that, but there's one thing that you have to look at and always chase the money and always chase the shitty people. If the dad was a shitty person, kind of like Lindsay Lohan's dad or like other, <sighs> other shitty dads that Michael. we've known, right? Like those guys, weren't they hunting for the money? Weren't they pushing their daughters to the limit? Weren't they at any point taking an interview to talk shit about the daughter? The yeah. dad doesn't talk shit about Britney. The brothers, sisters, mom, don't talk shit about the dad. Yeah. It's the people around them that don't understand the decisions, that don't understand why Britney can make her own decisions because when she was fine, they were favored with money, with attention, with that place in society. Those are the people saying, the dad always wanted this. Listen, we're all are different. Everybody's got their own mind wherever and they all have their own journey. The dad came from a place where he had to sacrifice all of his life to be able to give this child the opportunity of becoming Britney Spears. And she did. So the dad in a way feels like I created this. I should be able to take care of it. Yeah. And I'm not saying he's ripping the rewards. He's like on a new fucking house and a new. And then you were asking because the lawyer in the conservatorship was trying to get a race, a race because he was saying now Britney's working again. There's a lot more business that I need to manage. It takes more time, more people, more resources. I need a race. 
No one talked about the race, uh, the, the amount that he was looking for. No one talked about that. They just looked at it like he just wants more money. And it's a tricky situation because Britney might not want the conservatorship when she's fine. Yeah. Right? Because she's like, all right, I'm fine again. But all it takes is just the one bad thing that someone says, and clearly her children are the trigger for it. Because she loves her children. Absolutely. That's the trigger for this woman. And everybody's knocking at her with them. Everybody's talking about them. And and that's just unbelievable. It's in front of everyone. And all these people that are trying to do something good with the free Britney thing are doing something horrible to her. Because what they're doing is they're judging how her life has to be run. They're doing interviews. The 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 women with the podcast. With the, those are the most ignorant women I've ever heard in my life talk. Yeah. These are just women that follow a Britney story and on Instagram, and then they talk about her life as as if Britney was uh, putting out messages. Let me be clear about something: when you're writing on Instagram as someone who does this, as, as someone who I make a living not only from doing it, but I also make a living from analyzing it. And doing it for others. So I understand how people talk and why they talk and why they say what they say. When people want to talk about something, it's because that's what's in their head. And that's the number one thing that they want to bring out, right? So when whenever you see someone that's giving you, and, and you tell me if I'm wrong, all of your friends that cannot get a boyfriend, that can't find a happy relationship, are the ones giving relationship advice on Instagram. They're the ones sharing the memes, the, if you, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. why do you think that is? Because that's what's inside of them. That's what's coming out. They're telling you what's in their head. Everybody's telling you at all times what's in their head. People are just not paying attention. So what's in Britney's head now in a more simple way, because Britney, whatever's going on with her, with her, and I think it's medication like, uh, uh, for either bipolar or antidepressant skits. Something. She's for sure chemically imbalanced. It, uh, yes. Absolutely. Or it could be drugs too going with that because when you take drugs and you have a mental problem, it exorbitates that problem to the moon and back, right? So do you think she's on medication right now? She has to be on medication. This is not Brit- like uh, the woman that's right now posting Britney stories in her eyes. And when she, yes. does, when she does her fashion shows. Yes. She's that's not someone that's there. When Britney's there, you see her like talking and you see the, the engagement. Woman. She's not there. Yeah. She's on a break. She's outside of her body. She's that's not Britney. So do you think when she was performing in Vegas, she was more. <sighs> Some. I mean, I saw her. Some. And, and you know, it's some. It depends on what, what date, what era, what was she going through. I'm not here to judge her. I'm not here to tell you. This is what she was on. This is what, what I'm saying is this is clearly someone chemically unbalanced at that level in the head. 100%. And, and these ladies are saying that she is giving out clues to people oh, about. Oh, oh, correct. Correct. Like she posted. That is my, that is my problem. There, she's not giving out clues. She's, she's, she's not being a genius like, like Elon Musk and writing like Tesla, this and that's no Britney's giving you what's inside of Britney's head, which is really on the surface because the Britney, the depth in depth, Britney that everybody would like to see is completely gone right now. Yeah. She's not there. She can come back, but she's not there right now. And that's what everybody is knocking on right now. And it makes no sense. They have no right to do what they do in this movement because it's not helping her. I it maybe they're trying to help, but I don't think so. I, I just unless you're incredibly ignorant and you don't realize what you're doing, then you're not trying to help. You're just doing it because of, you know, you attention. want some attention and whatever, which is fine. Everybody wants some attention. But it's more negative than positive. I think this is something that that's something that we need to deal with at some point as a society, as a society, number one against others, because it's unreal what the internet can get away with. I, and it's unreal. Forget about what the internet can get away with public people that have absolutely no standards whatsoever for anything that they do. And they've demolished the life of so many people Yeah, because they just felt like it. they wanted to ask the real question. They wanted to really poke the bear the fuck are they to do that and that's a problem and the other one is what i told you people will look back into right now 
and say, man, how did we smoke cigarettes on the plane back then? How did we all were on social media doing this right now? One of your friends messaged me the other day and goes, well, she posted on her story. She goes, you know what? Instagram has become really boring. I don't know what the fuck is going on. And I replied, it's, and she goes, it's because I'm using, uh, I don't really care because I use it for business, but why is Instagram so boring? Because of what you did. Because everybody on Instagram is trying to sell something, whether it's themselves, a crazy life that they don't have, uh, a perfect palette of colors in their life that they, doesn't exist, the perfect picture, the perfect pose, the perfect everything. Instagram was fun when we were all ourselves and we were just sharing, hey, I just had some fucking eggs and they gave me diarrhea. Awesome. That is fun, dude. Now you're trying to sell me on whatever bullshit. You can have a, a, a business account. But on your own pictures, if you're selling something other than your reality, you have a humongous mental problem. And I know it sounds completely crazy right now to most people listening. <laughs> you just give it, give it five years. Because what, what I do is it's giving me that and accelerated that because yeah. I get to interact more with people and all that stuff. But now people are starting to get it. Didn't, doesn't, doesn't, it doesn't everybody find it fascinating that anxiety just started after... <laughs> Instagram and all of those apps came up. Yeah. No one sees the relationship between those two things. I mean, I think a very small percentage of people do see it, but 90% of the population don't. No, of course they don't. And that's the problem. The problem is we're all selling something in our Instagram that's not real. And we've set up that to be the standard. Yeah. And everybody's expecting that to be the standard. So no, you're never going to be happy. No, that anxiety is never going to go away Yeah, because for some reason you need to validate yourself with them likes, them follows and them bullshit. And it's, I was telling you this, I think last week, uh, the filters, like yeah. how that's really ruining people's like self-esteem and uh, filters and poses. There's, there's some, uh, there's some people that Did I know that are poses. poses. There's some people that are horrendous looking that I see that they photograph incredible, but you see them take the picture and you're like, oh, it takes five hours for you to take that one picture. Yeah. I get it. So it's not that casual. Right. But no one understands it's that. It's a production. Everybody's like, she just took that picture. That's incredible. Yeah. No. Yeah. So what, what that's doing to us and because there's, there's no... There's no rules. There's no laws. There's no guidance. There's no one telling you guys what to do because people... People that do this, people that have attention, people that have a, a, the light on them, they deal with it in their own way and they go and they search for um, empathy and search for advice with people that do the same. To me, it was very precious when I met Hookah. Like, it, it, it was a life-changing moment for me because I was finally able to talk to someone that understood where I was coming from. Yeah. That understood what my problems were, that understood how I felt when this happened, when that happened. And I was able to chat with them and we were able to like, you know, if, if you're going through some shit, I'm here for you. This is how I solve it. You could it. relate. Yes, but there's not a single person really talking out loud and saying, by the way, guys, if you're going to be on Instagram, if you're going to be on Facebook, these are the 10 things that you should and should not do. Yeah. This is why you should be on it and this is why you shouldn't be on it. Because people like us are considered crazy when we talk about this shit. Right. Because it's not, it's not normal. But what they don't understand is whatever we're going through is what now everybody's starting to go through. Remember when I used to have the stomach problem and all that stuff at the beginning? Do I? Right? Yes. I mean, should we give a little bit of the backstory of that so people that don't really know? Give it a shot. Well, you just, what years was it? Was it when? Really, six years ago. Six years. Yeah. So right when we got married. When I started with this. Yeah. When we got married. So basically we would go on vacation and- Alejandro was ill. You were, he was literally sick and we couldn't leave the room. He had the worst stomach ache. He felt depleted, fatigued. And it got to the point where, and I don't mean this meanly, but it was unenjoyable to go on vacation because like- you, I couldn't get out of the room. He couldn't get out of the room. And it was like, he was working nonstop. And then I'd finally be able to convince him to go away for three days. And we were in the room. And he was and like, it was not like I was working. I was just sick. That's what I'm saying. Like he was just, he was, you were mentally not there. Physically, your body was there. And mentally you were like, you were just not well. And he always felt like he had to be creating and creating and creating. And, and it I, was, you were, you, you were sick. I actually didn't think about it at all. I thought 
to me, it was weird because this is what I'm saying that everybody's experiencing. I go on those vacations. I was really excited. I was like, I don't have to work for three days. I already did all of my work. I'm ready to go. Just like every, like all the time before, because I've worked before like a motherfucker, right? Like uh, when we did movies, I was working nonstop. And then when I'd go on vacation, everything was great. Yeah. But this was different. No, this, this was, it, we couldn't figure out what was wrong with them. And really what was going on with you is you had insane anxiety. Because I went to the doctor and I was like, what the fuck is going on with me? They did an, uh, an did endoscopy. The, yes. I mean, everything. Ev you guys, everything. We got everything done for him. You, you got an MRI, you got a scan, you got all these things. And, and no one could figure it out. And no one could figure it out. He was literally like, it was, he was miserable. Obviously I was miserable. But only, only when we went on vacation. It was it, me. It was it me. Was, he was miserable. With. It was not all the time. It was not like we were home and I had this problem. It was not, it was when, when I left. That. It was specifically, but you weren't like this when you were traveling for work. There was some well, no, because I was traveling for work. Right. I felt like I was doing right. it. And, and it, it was subconscious. Again, I never felt it unless I was going on a vacation at this point. With me. <laughs> Not with you on a vacation. I mean, who else am I going to go on a vacation with? <laughs> Brittany. <laughs> so uh, I started going on vacations. I got sick. And the third time, it was unbearable. I couldn't eat anything. I couldn't. I just couldn't leave my room and it was miserable. I remember I said to you, I was like, I love you, but we're not, I'm not traveling with and you I came And I came back uh, to LA and I actually just said on my Instagram, I was like, guys, why, why is it that every time I go on vacation, I get this? And then a lot of people, a lot of creators, a lot of my friends that still are not dealing with this, that still are going through this bullshit, that still are putting up with it and hiding it from others and still have these problems. They all told me, dude, I get the same thing. I get the same thing. And I started seeing a pattern. All of these check marks online were telling me that they were going through what I was going. And, and it became so obvious to me. My problem is not physical. It's mental. Yeah. And I'm not aware of it. And I don't feel it on my regular life. And there's no indication of it in real life. Right. Except when I go and you remove me from my situation and put me elsewhere. That's when the problem becomes obvious but not obvious to the point where you're like, it's your head. I thought it was my body. Like I thought I was going to Mexico on vacation to the beach and getting sick because I was by the ocean or something. Or the it tacos. Was, it was, or the tacos. It could be everything except me, you know? And when I realized that, I said, well, I don't want to be like this. And I started working towards it and I started to look into it and I started to look into it more and more and more and realize the damage that I was doing to myself, the, the, the strains that, I, the, the straining that my, my brain, my body, my soul was, Going through. Going through while trying to create because people don't realize this is a different type of connection. This is a different type of environment that you build online. This is a new, it's a new you that's there, that hasn't grown, that it's not, that it's not going step by step up the ladder. It's just someone that you threw all the way to the top and then just pushed them down and he's fucking rolling down the stairs. And it's really scary. And this is happening to everybody. I'm terrified, terrified for the kids right now growing up with this that don't know any better. Yeah. And the kids already are trying to do this and sell themselves as a product, as a cool image, as yeah. whatever the fuck it is. This is a humongous problem. Humongous. And it all, again, stems down from people not leaving you alone, not understanding how you have to deal with other people telling you how to live your life, other people judging your ideas. Just think about this. All these people on the internet that are commenting like, fuck you, you blah, 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 and all these super brave people, when someone talks shit around their circle, they lose their shit, right? They of go, course. oh, you were talking shit behind my back? Of course. What are you? What are you? A softie? You know, people are talking shit behind your back. That's the least of your problems. And with that alone, you go crazy. Yeah. Imagine having a million people telling you all day that you're good for nothing. Yeah. That you're a fucking loser. That the thing you love the most, your children, you're not fit to have him. That the, I, the I, guy that you're in love with, you don't deserve it. Kevin. You know what I mean? Like that is fucked up. No, I mean. Fucked I, up. And again, this is a problem that has a serious, serious. Um, repercussion? No, no, no. A serious spike within the problem in the United States. I thought it was worldwide. I thought it was the internet. Once I opened my channel in Spanish, and this is why I was like, whoa, this is really nice. You understand that not everybody's as angry and not everybody's as ready to tear you down as in here. You've said that. A I remember, billion times. I remember when you started 
Salomundo, you said that you were like, wow, the audience is it's amazing. so nice. Amazing. Yeah. Like people don't understand how nice anyone outside of the U.S. online and offline they are. Yeah. It's unreal, the warmth, the support. Of course, there's negative comments and sure. whatever. It's, there's you know, always going to be. It is what it is. Not everybody's going to like you in that school. But there's a difference between let me fucking destroy you because I build you up and there's there's got to be something wrong with you. It's unreal that you have this all and I don't have anything to the other people just being like, ah, whatever, you're a fucking idiot. That, that's a big difference. And in the United States, this problem is way higher than anywhere else. And the people from here mentally are way more destroyed than anywhere else. And the problem will never go away. Google has taken me to go talk to their... Uh, uh, to their people in Palo Alto about this. Uh, they were planning on putting together like a comment section thing that they were going to do to mod the comments. It's not about the comments. It's not about someone saying, fuck you. It's not someone calling me a beaner. It's not someone calling me a, a spick, whatever you want to call me. I don't fucking care what you call me. It's the things that they attack Britney with. Yeah. The things that matter. You're not fit for your kids. You're not fit. That husband, it's a fucking piece of shit. You're just white trash when you want to get this done. Money hasn't changed the fucking ghetto girl that you were. Everything about your essence gets shaken and they don't even have to curse at you. So how is the comment section going to, you know? And I told Google, the only way you can do this, and this is an unpopular thing. You want to be around the internet? Get a fucking driver's license for the internet. So that whenever someone's bothering me, because this is something that happens on Facebook a lot. In Facebook, I see this. Facebook is, a lot of people give it shit and forget about how it's run and all that stuff. But Facebook is a great platform because most profiles are real profiles. Yeah. Most people do have their picture there. Most people do have their life in there. Like there's not ghost accounts. So whenever you open a Facebook, uh, whenever you do a post on Facebook and someone's insulting you, you'll look at their picture and you're like, oh, it's just a fucking kid. And then that comment, like that goes away. Oh, then you look at it and see the guy. You're like, <laughs> that guy's saying something about me. And it goes away. But on Instagram, there's the guy with the zero followers, following a thousand people and zero posts, tearing you to pieces. And you don't know who the fuck that is. If you give everybody an ID like you do in real life, this would end. Yeah. This would absolutely be cut not only in half. I mean, it would almost disappear because people don't have the balls to say. And this is what I asked Google when I, I went to their panel and I did it. I said, how many of you guys today on your way to work got someone to tell you, you look ugly. You look fat. You look like a fucking piece of shit. You're not fit to be a mother. And everybody laughed and no one raised their hand. Uh, and I raised my hand and I said, I've gotten all this morning, all these things online. Is the people online not real? And everybody just stayed fucking quiet. And then I just went off. It's true. You are whoever you are online. Of course. I don't understand why people create a different person. Why they have the balls to do that online. And well, I love the people that like to talk all this shit, but they don't even put their name on their social media. Well, I mean, There's people are not happy with themselves. Now, I'm not saying you're not allowed to talk shit. I'm not saying that. That's freedom of speech. If Belen wants to talk shit about Alejandro, go at it. But I know it is Belen talking shit about Alejandro. You know what I mean? That is the value of what I'm saying. It shouldn't come from a bunch of ghosts and then people in the media. And I told Jeffrey, well, I'm, I'm really good friends with Jeffrey Starr. I love Jeffrey. I think he's one of the coolest fucking dudes in the world. He's pretty dope. And I tell him, I don't fucking understand. And I never want to be in a place like you. Like, I don't understand. To me, I've gotten levels of comfort as I'm, I've been rising through the ranks of social media if you want or attention or whatever i get to a certain point i make sure that i adjust and i'm comfortable there and i can go on i got to the point where i'm comfortable and i know that anything beyond this it's scary for me i don't want to go there it's not I'm, i don't enjoy being someone that people know i don't like it it's not my thing even though you guys see me and it's like then why are you doing all this shit because i enjoy creating content it's another thing that's the same thing as britney spears why don't you just fucking stop that because i love it and i'm fucking good at it I don't, I shouldn't stop it because you can't control yourself. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's not about me. It's about you being a fucking dick. Correct. So I, I went through the ranks and I did that little by little. And I told Jeffrey, man, I wake up sometimes in the morning, like the, the Kanye West thing. Yeah. And there's a story about Jeffrey everywhere. And I'm like, how, how do you deal with this, man? Like that is crazy. He's a very strong dude. Yeah. Like a very strong dude. Not everybody's built to do that. No. And not, and, and I'm telling you, 
99 out of 100 people are not built to be on social media the way we are right now. I completely agree with you. And I think a huge thing about the US is you said earlier, they love to see you fuck up and they love to see you down. And that's when they, they thrive. Yeah. And that's Britney is a perfect example. Like, and there's obviously a lot of other celebrities too, but like they truly people like you more when you're, when you're down. I mean, even when the Senna burned, people were like, ah, yes, yeah. like your Instagram grew because they Wanted to see that the misery, the, the misery, the, the guy that, yeah, had that the something car fucked down. up was happening. And it's like, they always say, you know, all press is good press, but it's not true. It's people want bad press because they want somebody to crumble. They want somebody to suffer. And, and obviously we knew a little bit of the whole Britney thing just from over the years, but it was so crushing watching it last night. Cause I remembered a lot of her interviews and all her us weekly covers, obviously, but I really remember when she interviewed with Diane Sawyer and she was just, she was crying saying like, she just wish it would stop. And it's like, she was so young, you guys, she still is, but she was 26 years old. Like, and this was before Instagram. It doesn't, that's what I'm saying. She was like, what's happening to her is what's happening to everybody. Everybody's living in the Britney world without the Britney attention type. Does that make sense? Yes. But let me ask you a question. So for instance, like the Kardashians, like Kylie Jenner, like, how is she mentally not like necessarily like Britney or, or Miley? Like Jeffrey. Just, I don't understand. Just some, a different beast. Some people have it. And by the way, it affects them. They don't show, they don't show it, but it affects them. Yeah. And, and you don't know them. So you don't know how they're living a, like their day to day. Because again, they could be like me. Everything is fine. But there could be a moment when shit fucking, they can go on vacation. They can go on this. You don't know what it's causing. Of, this, co- of course. I'm just saying like the overall, the Kardashians are very grounded in that sense. Like none of them have had crazy, like. No, they're incredible at controlling their own narrative. That's what they're at. Well, Chris Jenner is, is. And that's because Chris Jenner is a fucking genius and a genius and a monster. And she's been there. Like when I told you that hook and I met and we were like, dude, we shouldn't do this. We shouldn't do, th- we shouldn't do that. We shouldn't fuck with this. Chris Jenner's there. She's like, I've lived it. I saw it with Kim and her sex tape. And then they started to get progressively famous. And then little by little, she yep. started doing it. And you also see it. Like uh, one of them doesn't want to be on the show anymore. They cry, they cry quite a lot on camera. Like which me. if you're already crying on camera, can you imagine how you're crying when you're off camera? By the way, it, I, I'm not doubting. This. I'm just saying they are. I mean, their narrative is really put together. It's, it's really well put together because they have all the stops in place. This is what Britney didn't have. Britney at some point had a clean narrative and all that stuff, but she got to the point where I'm sorry, fuck this narrative. I don't want to be whatever the fuck you want me to be. There's yeah. a breaking point for everything. Why do you think Jim Carrey having everything in the world went and said like, this is ridiculous. This is fucking nothing. I yeah. just want to be me. I don't, I don't want to be, why do you think Tom Cruise can't be Tom Cruise? Well, he's also in Scientology. That's but why do you thing. think Tom Cruise can be Tom Cruise? Because people will immediately have an opinion and destroy him. So these people, what they do is they build a fortress around them. And they control so that it. No one, so that no one can get in. And that's honestly not a bad thing to do. But the problem when you're creating a fortress, you're not anymore in everybody's reality. You're not anymore in that world. You're not anymore in that playing field with everyone. You're going on your own. And at some point that could turn really negative. Well, it's happened to a lot of our younger celebrities, Justin Bieber, Selena Gomez, you know, what's the, her name the, the of uh, uh, the girl that I, I don't like her, but Miley, no, um, Demi Lovato, Demi Lovato. She really fucking went through it. Too. I feel so bad for Demi Lovato. And again, this is something like I had an opinion and whatnot and yeah. all that stuff. Yeah. I feel horrible for. Yeah. I feel horrible for. And again, it's not about you not talking shit. You can talk shit and do all the jokes. But if you're doing it, show your face. Have the balls to go and point the finger with your fucking face on it so that you can get some back. I think to get back to what you were saying earlier about like the interviews with like Jay Leno and stuff, like poking at Britney, it, like you said, the, the mental health aspect was taboo. Like no one, and still, and still is, I I agree. It's not only, it's not only still is, it's, Un- unreal how little people talk about it yeah and it you really like it it was so gross and just so tasteless what they were doing and it's like and 
People in the audience, it was, they were on Jeopardy. Yeah, they were all laughing. People in Jeopardy when they were like, what did Britney Spears lose? And the guy goes, her mind. And then that was answer number three. And it was like, her husband. I, I thought it was pretty funny. But honestly. He did laugh. <laughs> he did. But it was, it really made me sad. Yeah. But that's what we're all going through right now. I feel bad for Brit. I know. So don't watch the Britney Spears No, thing. watch it. Just, just, just do this. Just stop talking about her, period. Let's never talk about her again for <laughs> her own good, not for anything else. Yeah. And after all that heavy subject, let's just talk about how to communicate better and solve problems as a couple. Oh, great. Well, you should go first because you're really good at it. How do, uh, I, no, I think we have different approaches. So how do you communicate better and how to solve problems? I was the one asking the question. So. But, but I did come up with the question. So go ahead. I think for me, uh, I try to tell you whatever I, I, I try to tell you. And if I, uh, so whenever we have a problem, I try to attack it. I don't try to just fucking keep it as is. Or if I keep it for a little bit, I try to go for it. And I'll talk to you and tell you. But if I see that there's no reaction from you and you don't understand the problem, you keep arguing against me instead of going like, got it. If you feel attacked by me saying, you know, I don't appreciate you talking to me like that. And you go, what? You're saying that I treat you like a piece of If you act like that, I know, and this is not only with you, but with most people, mm -hmm. I know that you're not listening to me. So that's when I do the Bella technique, the, the one where, all right, let me show you what I'm talking about. He's been doing it a lot lately, by the way. And I, I, put, it, I put it in front of me, drop it off, and let you see it with your own eyes. And then you hate it. And then I go, exactly. That's what I go through. And it works. And sadly, that's... We've been, we, we, we're going through it right now, actually. And sadly, that mm -hmm. works. Uh, so that, that's the way I solve my problems. Might not be the best, but it fucking works. <clears throat> it's not the fastest, but it works. And I do try to talk it. It's really important to talk, but there's also the reality. 99% of the shit that you were talking about, people are not listening. No matter how much you want the other person to be paying attention to you, they don't pay attention to details. They don't pay attention to as much as you want to pay attention to. And to you is something really important to them. It's not. So you also have to know that not everything is about you, that it shouldn't be that important. Like maybe just analyze the problem and make sure that it's not that big of a deal. And if it is just really make an, put an exclamation point in it, mm -hmm. you know, like really understand where I'm coming from, understand what I'm suffering, understand why my background comes, why this problem comes from this background that I, you know, that I, I, I come from. And this is what it creates on me. And if then they're not listening, then I go to the harsher method of, uh, let me show you what I'm the talking about. The Bella technique? It's not the Bella technique. You call it that. You you just called it that. You just said the Bella technique. Well, yeah, but that's what you say. Like, you treat me like your dog, like Bella. But it's it is. No, but one day when you write your memoir, you can put in the No, Bella because technique. it's different. The, with dogs, dogs want attention. Dogs just want one, one thing. They just want you to be with them and attention. And it, it sucks, but when they're not doing as they're supposed to and you want to show your pack leadership, instead of hitting them or anything, you ignore them when they behave bad. That You don't give them a negative. Ignoring is not a negative feel. It's not like, fuck you, and you're just mad and want to slap them. You're just like, it, it, it sucks for me too, right? Because Fiona's adorable. But when I have to ignore her, I have to ignore her so that she knows she's not doing well. Well, silence is like, the worst thing you can give someone, right? Like you just said, like you can be there mad, but silence is like way, uh, way more I, harsh. But I think it's to them. I think, yeah. And also to people, to people. like, yeah, yeah. And, and, and I honestly, I, I, but that's, that's where I, it's a different one. Cause I go with when someone takes, 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 takes from my life, there's a breaking point. After you took, 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 I just go into the, all right, bloop, delete it. I don't need to explain to you. I already did. I already told you. You and I are just never going to talk again because you're not getting it. You don't understand. You're just one of those minus one people that exists in the world. So done. It's not about the silent treatment. The silent treatment works in certain, in certain ways. It works in certain things. Well, like, of course. If you... it's related, like if you're telling me like, oh my God, uh, you talk a lot. All right, I'll shut the fuck up. Then I'll let you talk. And then you'll understand, whoa, wait, 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 this is what's going on. Why, whoa, whoa, whoa. you know, it, mm -hmm. it opens your eyes to it. But if, if you're talking to me about like, oh my God, you're so fat or you're so whatever, I'm not going to give you the silent treatment. I'm going to find an insecurity that's equally as big in you 
as the one that you found in me after I ask you already politely seven times to stop because it bothers me and I will poke at it so that you understand what that feels like. And you go, oh, this is the feeling you're talking about. Got you. Because for some reason, this is not something that everyone understands. If someone tells me, please don't poke me there, I stop. But to a lot of people, it's just, maybe, maybe today, maybe tomorrow I'll continue. I'm very sensitive towards that because I don't like when people do it to me. I don't like to do it to them. So how do you deal with problems? This is quite, quite the advice. Um, I think it all depends on the person that I'm dealing with. Obviously, I can't compare my marriage, like, um, problem solving to, for instance, me arguing with my sibling or arguing with a friend. So you, I have to adapt to whatever relationship that is. And I think it's a constant learning, but the biggest thing is how you approach the situation and your tone. And I think that is very, very important in any, in any relationship and any problem solving, because if you go into it aggressive and violent, it's not going to have a good reaction where if you can learn the tools, gain the, the tools to approach the situation, like, Hey, it upset me when you spoke to me in that tone, you're going to have a better reaction from the person that you're having the, the conversation with. What if you don't? What if you don't want? What if you don't get a good reaction after you were like, hey, this is, this is what is bothering me that you're doing to me? Well, everyone has a different personality. So, what, so for what me, I'm going to get defensive immediately. And then have to figure out how to, again, dealing with the person. So for instance, with you, we already talked about this. I always have to be the one who backs down and comes to you and say, like, have the peace sign and like want to like make things smooth again. Yeah. But that's the approach of like how we deal with whenever we fight with conflict. Yeah. But how do you solve an issue, a problem by either apologizing for, first of all, taking responsibility for what I did, because there's two people in a relationship and again, marriage, friendships, mother, daughter, whatever, but you have to take ownership and accountability and responsibility. But so does the other person because the other person always thinks they're innocent and they're not. They, they obviously play a role in it. Why are you smiling? Like, so like sarcastically and because Hitler thought he was doing the right thing. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like uh, what that means is we all think we're on the right at all times. And sometimes every person thinks that by the way. Yeah. 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 And the Hitler example is a bit, ex- ex- a bit extreme, but, but you yeah. have to go, you have to go extreme, right? Like I, 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 that's me. I like to, I like to have my metaphors go completely out there so that people understand what I'm saying, because again, people don't really understand when you say something. So even that dude thought he was on the right side of history. A lot of times when you're arguing about something, you don't understand your attitude towards it. And when you say, you know, I get defensive and I do that. That is most of the time how you start it. There's no, there's not a, hey, by the way, this is, this is what's bothering me or whatever. Or when I come to you and I say, hey, by the way, this is bothering me. The instant reaction is defensive. So that's telling me you feel attacked by me, telling you to stop doing whatever you're doing. So see, it's a two-way street, but you're only looking one way. You're not looking both ways. If you were looking both ways, you'd understand why this is about to happen. Because I do come and say first, this is this. You want to double down on whatever, on whatever you're doing? Then I have to go to the next one. But I do have a next one. What is your next move when, some, like, when I don't pay attention and I keep doing it, doing it, doing it? It just depends on, on each scenario, but I can't deal with it. Because you make it pretty miserable when you get set in your ways, if something's bothering you. Yeah. And it's extremely unenjoyable. Yeah. As it should be, because I am in that position because of that. Right. But, so, but you're again, sitting here and you're saying no, no, no. You, you look both ways every single time in the, every single scenario, always in your life. No, no, no. It's not. No, 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 no. This is, babe, I've, I've, I've been getting better at this as I sure. go. Right. And again, 
this is something that, for example, do you ever talk to a friend of yours, a fucking brother, sister of yours, um, you know, parent of yours, and the moment you start telling them, oh, yeah, I went this, and they immediately get defensive about it, and they start going like, why are you telling me this? Why are you like, blah, blah, blah? Do you never get into an argument that you go like, why, why is this an argument? Why, are you, why am I being attacked? Why are you getting yeah, defensive? Yeah, of course. That's exactly my point. That attitude that stands on something that you're talking about comes back instantly as a, wait, what you're doing is wrong. And then you become defensive and then you think you're the victim in most of those scenarios. Well, I understand I'm at fault a lot of times, a lot of times. I take the note and I try to move forward with the note. Mm -hmm. I do. I try. And if I fail and if you tell me again, I'll fucking try again. And if then at that point I keep failing, was that your stomach? Holy yes. shit. Did you hear that? Wow. I haven't eaten. Wow. And if at that point it still happens again, then most likely either I can't do anything about it because I'm just that asshole or I have that problem or there's nothing I can do. Mm -hmm. Or you're going to tell me to fuck off. But that's it. I do try instantly to understand. And when I catch myself being aggressive towards like, then what are you doing? In an argument, like when I catch myself becoming the defensive guy, that why, like, are you serious? I try to stop myself at all costs, at all costs, halfway through it. But if I'm going in, if you poke, 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 and I'm telling you, don't do it, don't do it, don't do it, don't do it, but you keep going and you unleash the beast, you're learning your lesson. And it's not just you. I'm saying in my world, well, obviously, anybody, we're, we're talking about how. Like Anybody. tips on how to resolve a problem. This isn't about how we resolve our marital problems. Yeah. That's, that's what I do. Because if you don't understand, if you don't see the problem, this is something that happens to me with an, uh, I, we used to have an employee that uh, used to tell me, man, all these people are fucking up and they're fucking up this and they're fucking up that and they're fucking up this. Who's in charge of all of that? Me. And all those guys are fucking up always. Yes. Don't you see the common ground here? You're the common person in all of these fuck-ups. This is on you for not being able to predict that problem, for you not to understand that that problem will come up, and for you to attack that problem and solve it before it happens again. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. There's a prevention. There's a way of doing it. But when you're in the situation, you think it's everyone's fault except yours. Everybody's fucking up except me. I try to be as accountable as possible because I uh think that's one of the things that we lack the most as humans is understanding where you're standing and what's happening to you and what you're doing to others and why the things that are happening are happening. No one thinks and analyzes. You just go with a reaction, whether it's positive or negative, period. Wouldn't you say? Yeah. Sorry, my stomach was- No, 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 it's okay. Grumbling again. That's why, that's why I deal with the problems the way I deal with. And it's not being aggressive and I don't have to tell you like, fuck you. I don't even have to do any like macho thing, nothing. Yeah. And again, I think because the whole point of this topic was like advice and tips and stuff. I think that one, taking accountability is, huge. is the first step. And two, I do think tone and approach is really important. Like I know if I go to you calmly, it's going to have a much better reaction than me like screaming at you, which I don't, we don't scream. We really don't. We don't yell, but because I always remember right when we started dating, you were like, don't ever like point at me <laughs> or like go like this. Because I remember you saw one of my friends doing that. And you're like, if you ever do that or talk to me like that, like this is not going to Oh, work. yeah, because I can also do that back better than anyone. Well, I think I you, can, you know, I can make the biggest show in the restaurant, too. Well, it all comes down to no one deserves it. It all comes down to respect. So you have to respect the whether it's your partner, friend, parent, colleague, whatever. Um. So we're taking a call of accountability, having respect for that person and the tone. And one more thing that you, you've said before, I think that I've been doing more of is writing down what, like, again, whether it's your boss or your friend or whatever it is and figuring out first, like what's triggering you and then try to make all those things work with the, with the person you're having the conversation with. That's right. 
But obviously every, every situation is going to be different. You might have an emotional attachment to it. There might be, you know, resentment. I mean, there's so many other things that are attached to when you have to resolve a problem. But I think if you can go into it, holding your own accountability, having respect and choosing a tone that's as neutral and calming as possible, that's going to be your best bet to resolving an issue. Yeah. And treating everybody like you want to be treated. That to me is number one. I never, uh, the, the yelling thing in the restaurant, for example, is a great example because I never want to do that to anybody. We, we've never, we, by the way, no, 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 we've never done we've that. We've never done no, that. No, no, no. Thank God. No, but I remember but, like you saying like, no, cause and not just the restaurant, just the, the, I remember, the we talk. Were, I remember that we were out, we were at a place with a friend that was dating this girl outside of a restaurant and she just fucking made a whole show and all of the valet people were looking. And I said, if you ever do that to me, I'm not going to stand like my I'm, friend there. By the way, I would never. You know what I mean? Like, I'm, I'm going to also like make a show because it's it's not a one way street. Like you're going to embarrass yourself. I'm going to embarrass myself too. Yeah, but hundred percent. But, <laughs> but I think it also like when you talk down, talk down to someone too, like saying you're this, you're that, like that's another like really horrible thing to do. But yeah. to get back to the topic real quickly about people arguing in public, don't do it. No, it's so fucking horrible and it's so uncomfortable for the other couple or friend or whoever the the other person is because you want to die yeah because you're mortified that's right so if you get upset with your partner or your friend or whoever handle it in the car (laughs) or at home that is great advice and i think we're gonna leave chats with sweetie right there thank you very much everybody for listening thank you belen thank Thank you you, thank you sweeties and thank you everybody for uh listening or watching take care guys see you later